Hi there guys, welcome to this week's Road to Qatar podcast. This week we're going to be looking back at the week um, during the World Cup. We're going to be looking at some of the main games, specifically focusing on England and Wales as we enter the final round of fixtures for this week. England will face Wales in a Battle of the Britain and the USA will face Iran in Group B. Last week we saw Iran beat uh, Wales 2-0 in a very shocking game. Whereas uh, for England, it was a very underwhelming performance uh, in a nil-nil draw with America. So today I've got Charlie with me, as well as myself, Lewis. Uh, we're going to be now discussing that England performance uh, on Friday night. So what did you think to obviously uh, America? How did you think the game went? Do you think it was back to old England playing quite boring football? Or do you think it was just maybe a little bit of fatigue, a little bit of complacency? Um I mean, like I said in the last podcast, uh, I predicted it'd be a frustrating game, and I think that's what it was. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, you, I mean, United States, they, I think they had probably the better game compared to England. I think England were obviously, you know, they were trying to keep possession of the ball. They weren't really looking like they were going to create any chances half the time, especially when they were going towards the final third. Um, I think it could in that game it could have gone. Uh, the Americans' way, you know, Pulisic hit the crossbar, which was a big scare for them. But yeah, there wasn't. Uh, I don't think England performed as well as they should have. You know, they had a great game against Iran. Uh, yeah, they did, didn't they? It was like just easy, simple football. Was it almost? Worked. Obviously, we 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 didn't really have much expectation before the Iran game, and that was a surprise. Six two. Everyone thought, wow, England. You know, could they win the tournament? It was all back on the bandwagon of it's coming home. Yeah. And then obviously we go to this America game, and already we've all we've got that kind of pessimism that that's that negativity around the England team of oh it was boring it was a bad game yeah um, it's, it's just it's a shame isn't it really it is. we're going on highs and lows yeah I mean you're looking into the American game and you're feeling confident that England will win after having a great performance against Iran yeah because America in their first game against Wales they weren't great it was a bit no. of a boring game so we thought England are really going to push on here and, and probably if they'd have won it we wouldn't even have to worry about this Wales game because they'd have already been qualified. Exactly, yeah. I mean, that's it now. We have to we have to make sure that we do something in this Wales game, whether it is to either get a point or a win as well. I mean, even if we lose, uh, it's all depending on, you know, if uh, when Iran and USA play each other, yeah. if one of those wins and I mean, Wales it's, win. Yeah. It's going to look very... I mean, it's still, you would expect England to today to win against Wales because Definitely, yeah. even if they don't win you'd expect them to go through because Wales have got to beat them I think 4-0 to yeah. actually go through I mean Wales have got one point from from their two games but obviously looking back to that Friday game was there anyone that stood out to you as being maybe a poor performer for England I mean for me it was Mason Mount Definitely. Um, I think that he's just there's something this season even in the Chelsea team under Graham Potter where he's just not been that same player he's, he's not had the work rate He's not had that creativity and sharpness on the ball. I mean, he did play a lot last season. Um, you had the Euros as well, back end of that. Um, so maybe that fatigue's crept in. Maybe he's just having one of those seasons where he's struggling, but he was really, he, he, he didn't influence that game against America at all. I, I agree. Uh, he didn't perform well. I think, uh, you know, he was making, trying to make a lot of passes and just kept giving the ball away, which uh, obviously, you know, said before, really frustrating. Um I mean, the overall England performance wasn't really good. I mean, most of the players just were were performing to what they could have. I think I the think... one the one player for me who's a standout, and obviously I know you've mentioned it before, was Harry Maguire. Yeah. I think go. I know we mentioned it on a previous podcast as well that going going into the tournament there was a lot of negativity around him because he's you know he's been kind of branded now as he shouldn't be in the squad. He's been poor for Man United. He's lost his place under Eric Ten Hag. Um, but this season, 
um, for England, sorry. He's been incredible at this tournament. He's been putting challenges in. He's been getting himself about being a leader in that back line. And he, for me, was the star man. I agree, I agree. Uh, I mean, what he did in that uh, United States game, I think, was very good. You know, he defended well. I think, if anything, he he was one of the players which actually kept uh, England to nil-nil, along with, you know, Jordan Pickford making a few yeah, saves yeah. here. And He's there. always important for Absolutely, England. Absolutely, yeah. But I think, you know, like Maguire, like, he did well against Iran as well. Like, he, he got an assist. Um, he, you know, like I said, I mean, yeah, they did concede two goals. Obviously, one of them was a bit of a dodgy penalty. Um, but, you know, he had a great performance. I don't see why he shouldn't be starting the, the next games for England. Oh, he's, definitely. He's, definitely yeah. he's the best defender, I think, that's playing for England right now. And I think, you know, I think Manchester United need to realise that if they, you know, start a few more games with him and obviously build up his confidence yeah, against definitely. the club, it will help him a lot more. Yeah, and then obviously going back... Um, to Mason Mount, um, there's always been a debate in this England team of who is the best um, attacking midfielder. Obviously, they've got Phil Foden, they've got Jack Grealish, you've also got Mason Mount. There was a lot of frustration from England fans in that game of why Phil Foden didn't come onto the pitch. And I mean, if you look at Mason Mount's stats, he lost six duels, he only had two shots, and he didn't he didn't succeed one dribble whatsoever. It's not really what you want, obviously, from your starting performer. So, what would you think? Do you think that Phil Foden should have been included in that in that um, in that game? I think he should have. I think um, I think you know, even if he didn't start, I think I'm surprised he never came on as a sub. I don't understand why Southgate. Had rep- I understand, you know, Bellingham uh, with obviously being a young player, and obviously he's going to be swapped for players like Henderson. And understand, obviously, Henderson coming on. Well, there was a lot of kind of frustration that they'd brought Henderson on who's more defensive yeah. instead of Foden when you're drawing the game and you're struggling. Yeah, that's what that's what didn't really make sense to me. I thought if they're going to take Bellingham off, why, well, I mean, why take Bellingham off in the first place? I mean, yeah. he didn't exactly have a, a poor game. He wasn't he wasn't great, um, you know, like some of the other England players, but he, he wasn't as poor as Mount. So I'm kind of surprised why um, Mount didn't come off the pitch. I think Foden could have basically come on as a uh, cam. I know Grealish came on. Obviously, you know, you could have swapped him, I suppose, and put him in the cam as well. Yeah, yeah. But it just, it didn't make sense to me. I didn't understand no. it. No, I didn't understand it either. And especially, I think it shows something that everyone's a lot very critical towards Southgate for, and it's that negativity where sometimes he can be quite complacent. He can, he has this loyalty towards certain players in that team. And I think Mason Mount is one of them, yeah. where even when they're performing poorly, even if they're not doing too well for their club, he still picks them, he still relies on them. And in the past, with Sterling, for example, it's worked. Obviously, Sterling had a great Euros, but sometimes we just want a little bit more, just a little bit more experimentation and a little bit more bravery from Southgate as a manager to try and get that win because it looked to me in that game against America that he was settled with that draw and that he was happy with the result. Mm. I mean, moving on, I know you, you know, it wasn't a great game for, for Wales. Yeah. We watched that game, obviously, both of us at the lecture. Yeah. Um, and Iran dominated that game, I felt. I felt it was impressive from Iran because in that first game, they got hammered 6-2. A lot of people had written them off. A lot of people had said they're going to finish last in this group. Everybody expected Wales to take a point or at least get a win. And it wasn't the case. They came out all guns blazing, Iran. Yeah, I think um, Iran would caught Wales mostly on counter-attacks from what I saw. That's what that's the type of chances which uh, Wales was sort of losing to, really. Um, you know, they had one disallowed goal, which was, I would say, even though it was offside, it was a bit of a let-off for Wales. Yeah. Because they, you know, they didn't... The first half wasn't great. They had one really good chance. Um, well, 
from Keeper Moore. I always keep um, mentioning this podcast. Well, we've got we've actually got a bit of a debate going on at the minute, haven't we? Because yes, yes. I'm kind of in the corner of Teremi of Porto, and you're in the corner of Keeper Moore. It's kind of our battle. Yeah. It all goes into this last game now. Wales are playing England, and obviously Iran are playing America. Obviously, who can score out of our two strikers? Um, but yeah, go back to your yeah talking so, about Kiefer Moore and yeah. Wales. So I mean, you know, he, he created a good chance. I don't think uh, he had a personally. I don't think he had a bad game. Um, but yeah, I think just overall the Wales performance wasn't really good enough. I think attacking wise, they, you know, when they crossed the ball in, uh, yeah, they had a few. They only had a few options in the box, and it didn't really make any difference. Like for instance, you know. Players like Gareth Bale, they they're they just were not performed. Performing. They weren't performing. No. I mean, if you look at Aaron Ramsey and Gareth Bale, you would say that they are the two elder statesmen, you know, the experienced players in that Wales team. And yeah. in the past, they've always performed. And I don't know if it's because they've gone past their best, if they're they're both playing in weaker leagues now. Obviously, Ramsey's at Nice, Bale's in America. They've just not affected this tournament for Wales. They've not stepped up in the moments. And it's in, in, in actual fact, it's been the younger players who have showed that little bit more spark. Players possibly like um, Brennan Johnson, when he's come on, he's looked quite fresh and sharp. Yeah. Harry Wilson of Fulham. They're the kind of players, I think, that are leading this new line. And I think that Wales, this tournament for Wales possibly is just going to run away from them. I don't think they're going to get out of the group now. Yeah, I think it's concerning, especially when they're against England last, and obviously England need to try and win something as well. So it's going to be twice as hard as it was against Iran, twice as hard as it was against USA. I think the only I think the only time they've actually performed well of Wales was in that second half against USA when they were one goal down. Oh, yeah. to make it to 1-1. And obviously that was when they brought on Kiefer Moore. Exactly, that was, yeah. That was the big difference. And I felt that in the Iran game, they started him, which was really, really good, yeah. but they didn't play to his strengths. They were slow on the ball. They didn't really get it out to the wings. And I felt that if you've got a six foot five inch striker on the pitch who's known for heading goals, get the ball into the box. Yeah. Start to find him. They didn't do that. They were ponderous. And Iran ultimately, I mean, they were unfortunate, as you said. They hit the post twice. Yeah. They battered them in the second half. They really came to life. Um, and in the end, I think... They scored, what was it, in the 90th and the 98th? 99th minute and the 90... Was it? Oh, yeah, it was even later, yeah. 90 plus 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's heartbreak, really, for Wales. You know, they they did... I mean, after going down to 10 men, because obviously, you know, Wayne Hennessy with that late challenge. Oh, of course, I forgot about that. Yeah, that that was was reckless, really. But I think, um, think, you know, I think with the added time being that late as well, you, you think, oh, you know, Never should have happened, but obviously that's what they're doing now in the World Cup. It almost seemed that it, it wasn't their day. Yeah. I think that I think it to say that Wales have got to their first tournament in sixty four years, it's an incredible achievement. But I feel under Rob Page they're a good side. They've got a lot of community, they've got a lot of spirit and passion. Yeah. But ultimately they just seem to lack that little bit of quality. Yeah. That little bit of kind of clinical ability in the final third. That's what holds yeah. them back. That's what separates them in these kind of in these games. Yeah, they just don't have that spark like the the they're used to having. I mean, when you um you know obviously trying to qualify for the World Cup and then uh doing those uh, playoffs against Austria and Ukraine, they had that bit of spark and that sort of momentum where they could just go on the attack and create all these good chances. Yeah more than uh, their opposition but now it's just it's not it's not looking uh, likely that that's going to be the case against England. Especially. Well I think it was um, John Hartson who was the commentator for the game yeah. against Iran and he actually said as a kind of a, an observation that he felt 
Wales play better against bigger teams than they do against when Wales are favourites, they seem to struggle and they seem to not um, kind of cross the line and get the victory. And I think that yeah. that was evident against Iran. The pressure of getting a victory seemed to overwhelm them. One player that I will shout out and said played really well was Joe Rodon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. think he's been, um, I think he has been probably one of the best players for Wales. He defends superbly. I mean, I know he got obviously that, he made that late challenge in the um, last few minutes of the first half. But, you know, I mean, sometimes you have to make sacrifices when you're a defender. But I think he's been, if he wasn't in the defence, I think that would be a real struggle for him. And I think, you know, because he's still quite quite a young age and he's doing really well. I think he's he's definitely going to be a, um, I think he's going to be a future prospect, maybe for a bigger team. But what the way he's performing right now, will definitely lead his career to get better and better. Yeah, and definitely. Better. And then obviously, final point on that game, talking about Gareth Bale. And the question for you is, is Gareth Bale finished? Because a lot of people have said, I heard Graham Sooners yesterday on ITV, he was mentioning Gareth Bale has been, he's been gone in this tournament. He's not been, you know, um, visible on the pitch for Wales. And if you look back to the big moments in his career when he scored that free kick at the Euros against England, if you think back to that last tournament when they got all the way to the semi-finals, when you think back to when he scored the free kick against Ukraine in the Nations, uh, not in the Nations League, in the qualifier, yeah. the playoff qualifier, he's always been that leading statesman, and it just seems he's lost it. He's not got the pace. He's not the same person that strikes fear into defences. Yeah, I think uh, a lot, a lot's changed over the years with Gareth Bale, I think. Well, he's had to adapt, hasn't he? He's, he's had not, to adapt yeah. a lot, yeah. yeah. I think, um, I feel as if um, he's just not, like, like I said before, like Wales has never had that spark and I feel like Bale's just not got that spark anymore. Like when, you know, when he's playing for LAFC, he's not starting any games, he's only starting a sub. Yeah, it was, it was more or less a funny move because obviously... He's had nearly, I'd say, a decade at Real Madrid yeah. where he's had a very, very decorative career. But obviously towards the end, the back end of that of that period, yeah. he, he's not been playing games. He was sat on the bench. We had the whole fiasco of um, obviously Wales first, Real Madrid last yeah. um, with that flag and golf. Um, and then obviously had the, the stint at Tottenham for a little bit where he showed promise, but he just, he didn't really... Um, set the world alight and it's just almost now he's gone to America and I feel he's only gone to America to get a little bit of fitness before the World Cup but he's not that same quality player I think so yeah I think when you look back at oh god like 10, 10 years ago he was probably he was coming up to be one of the best players oh if you look at some of the there's, there's reels on YouTube of just Gareth Bale goals yes and I remember when he was in the Premier League uh, I think it was against Portsmouth I might be wrong but he just darts past players like it's fresh air. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, look to that El Clasico goal where famously, I think he, he hits the ball. He, he hits the ball. He yeah, runs, runs out of play. Straight he yeah, runs, runs out straight of play, past Alba. Bartra, I think it was Mark Bartra. Yeah. And he tries to shove Bale off and he's off the pitch but still That's has it. the pace to get And he back runs all the way and scores an absolutely superb goal. Yeah. But he's just, he's not that same player. And I think Welsh fans need to start accepting that now that they need this new generation of players. They need to be a little bit more flexible and a little bit more versatile with not relying so much on some of their star men. Yeah, I think there's always, for Wales, there's always that one player which shines out of everyone. Like you had that with uh, when Ryan Giggs, I suppose, was at the club. Yeah, yeah, Ryan Giggs. Um, but I think, you know, it's whether you think Wales will struggle or not after Bale's gone. Because, like, you know, he still performed for the country. You know, even even if he's not played for much, whether it's a Real Madrid or LAFC, 
I think he he's a huge he's been a huge part for well for the football team I suppose but well he's he, their all-time um, leading uh Goal scorer, yeah, and he's also. Scorer, I think yeah. the game against Iran, he won his 110th cap, which overtook Chris Gunter to become the all-time yeah. uh, most capped player for Wales as well. Yeah, I think. Um, I think personally, in my opinion, I think this this looks like it will be the, yeah, the last last yeah. tournament for Wales. I think if depending on if Wales do make it to the Euros, then it's a bit of a 50-50, Yeah, he could really. possibly be at the Euros, but I think there's been a lot of rumours that he wants to retire anyway and that almost he's lost that, that love for football, I think, at yeah. the moment. I think, uh, I think I feel like it was ever since um, when Zidane came to uh, yeah, they didn't Real get Madrid. On. They, didn't get, they on. didn't get on. I feel like, uh, I think it was something to do with uh, Zidane. He wanted to sort of like change the formation where it wouldn't include Bale. Yeah where he'd, he'd be struggling uh, depending on the, what position it would be. And I think that's maybe what really caused it to, for Bale to sort of go down in his performance. But you, you look back on his career, you know, when he was at Spurs and the early years of um, Real Madrid, and he was like, well, he was like, there's just a star player, a star player every every week. And it's, it's, an, it's a shameful, really, because you, I, I've looked up uh, to him when he was at Spurs uh, growing up and he was such a good player. But to see him now only perform good for his country, not exactly for the club, it's, it's quite poor to see. But it is what it is. Yeah, definitely. And then obviously, just having a quick look at some of the highlights from the week, uh, obviously at the World Cup. Uh, France, Brazil and Portugal have all qualified. Uh, Brazil, they narrowly beat uh, Switzerland yesterday in a 1-0 victory. Great Casemiro goal. Yeah. Uh, one of the best games I think I've watched so far is the Germany game. Uh, Japan came back from 1-0 down. Um, I think Germany scored a penalty through Gundogan. Yeah. And then Japan, they got goal disallowed in the first half. And then they were superb. They were defensively very rigid and resilient. Uh, Germany struggled to kind of get any attacking momentum going forward. I know they've got problems with not having a um, kind of traditional centre forward. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, Japan, credit to them. They showed spirit and fight and they ended up coming back 2-1. And then another great game that we saw was obviously Morocco beating Belgium. Yeah. So it's almost been the tournament of upsets, it I has, think, yeah. at the moment. I mean, are there any other games that kind of stand out to you over the past week or so? Uh, I think uh, I think another one which, uh, I mean, I know obviously, you know, Japan were quite surprised when they beat um, Germany. Yeah. I think... When uh, Japan were against Costa Rica, I think after Japan had won that game, they thought, oh, oh yeah. they'll beat Costa Rica since Costa Rica had lost 7-0 to Spain previously. And I mean, what a start and that was for what, Spain. Yeah, exactly. And Spain, I think Spain will definitely get on to, to the next stage. Japan. Well, you've wrote, you've wrote an, obviously an article. I of, did, I wrote an article saying will Spain, Spain win? will Spain will uh, win the World Cup, which yeah, yeah. I think is definitely looking promising. I know they obviously recently drew to Germany. But yeah, that was quite a stalemate game. It was quite a um, an underwhelming game, obviously, for the two big names. You'd think that it was going to yeah. be a big blockbuster. Uh, but yesterday was certainly um, a goal fest. Obviously, there was 3-3 yeah. three, three draw, Serbia-Cameroon, and yeah. then 3-2 with Ghana. And I watched the highlights of that game. South Korea were very unfortunate not to get an equaliser. They, they were. They had. I think they had more. I think. Uh, I remember looking at his stats. And they had like twenty-two shots. They were um, all over them in the second half. Yeah. After the after Ghana had gone uh, three-two up through uh, Kudos. Yeah. They were all over them. South Korea. I think it's 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 very unfortunate really because I think South Korea they always perform. I feel like they always perform really well. And they're just unfortunate when it comes to uh, certain goals really, like you saw a few times where uh, with Ghana where 
they'd sort of like play the ball across to the box and a player would maybe like miss kick it or sort of uh, dummy the ball so it goes straight to another yeah, player yeah. who just slots it in. And I think that's that's the only thing which um, South Korea have been, well, unfortunate really with. But I think, you know, it's it's good to see that it's not exactly just Son that's like the, the headline yeah, yeah, definitely. for South Korea. It's um, like other yeah. players as well, which is... It was quite nice as well because I think... I think uh, the start of this tournament, we've had a lot of goalless kind of stalemates and um, we've also had a lot of first halves where there's been no goals. Yeah. Um, and it's all come in the second half. So it was nice to see quite, you know, a lot of goals yesterday in the games. I mean, there was a little bit of controversy in the Portugal game. I don't know what you yeah. think. Did he make a touch? Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously, Bruno Fernandes uh, crossed the ball in or was it a shot? We don't know. And it seems to possibly flick off of Ronaldo's head. They gave it to Ronaldo originally, uh, but then they took it away from him and gave it to Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, I think that's it's a really hard one. Um, Do you think it touched him? I think it ever so slightly touches his hair. Have, yeah, that's just his hair. But is your hair really your body? You know what I mean? It's one yeah, of them. It's... It, like you could tell Fernandes was crossing the ball in. The thing is, is that it doesn't look like the ball sort of made contact when it's like come near. Yeah, Ronaldo. I mean, he certainly celebrates it. Yeah. Um, and obviously. It'd be harsh, kind of, not to give it to him because, yeah. you know, it's very unclear really of who really touches it. I mean, in the end, Bruno Fernandes got it, and he ended up with two goals, and he could have had a hat trick in that game uh, with two yeah. late chances. But it's one of them. I think it's down to observation of what you think. Really, I don't. I've looked at many camera angles, and I just can't tell. I just no, I can't. Like I understand. Like if he, if he knows he's had contacts on the ball then that's that's his opinion that's his decision but the way you look at it from all the camera angles and replays it doesn't look like the ball has like changed sort of like its movement after Ronaldo after it's basically yeah. come past Ronaldo so I think many people it, saying uh, he shouldn't have had a haircut because yeah. his hair would have been a bit taller <laughs> then uh, you know it would have gone in yeah he would have got the goal. I mean, obviously, he doesn't really need goals because he's uh, Portugal's all-time top goal scorer. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, but he's obviously trying to keep up with Messi because Messi's on two goals now. Yeah. Uh, Ronaldo's on one in this tournament. But obviously, now we're going to move on to a little bit of fun. We're just going to look ahead to this game tonight, uh, England versus Wales. And we're going to make a prediction. I'm going to predict the England lineup. You're going to predict the Wales lineup. Yeah. So, do you want to start? Uh, yeah, you know, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll have. Uh, oh, do you want have me to start? I don't start. mind. I'll, I'll, I'll start. I'll start. Yeah. So, so you're just going to basically talk us through your starting eleven. Just tell us the formation, um, and then obviously highlight any big changes, anything quite significant. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the lineup I've gone with for Wales, um, I've gone for like a five-three-five-two-three. Uh, so it's like obviously five at the back. Yeah. You've got like two centre mids and then two wingers and a striker. So. Uh, in goal, uh, I, I mean, obviously it would have been Hennessy, but obviously the red card. I've been very Iran. surprised with that though during the tournament. That I think Danny Ward um, he's been the first choice keeper for Leicester City. Yeah, and yet somehow they're playing thirty-five-year-old Wayne Hennessy, who's not even a second choice at Nottingham Forest. Yeah, and that that kind of surprised me really when um, I first saw the uh, the first lineup for Wales uh, in this World Cup because obviously, I mean, Hennessy was sort of like past. Past his, he looked like he was. Yeah, past I mean, his he's. Time. I think he was at Crystal Palace, and then I believe he had a stint at Burnley, and now he's yeah. come to Nottingham Forest. Yeah. But obviously, he's at that age now where really he's just a backup squad player. He's just yeah. there for the leadership and the experience. Maybe Robert Page for Wales felt 
that he needed that in his lineup. Maybe that's the decision behind it. But obviously, who have you got then going forward in other positions? So uh, obviously, we've got Danny Ward in goal. Uh, for the centre backs, um, I've got Joe Rodon. Yeah. I've got Ben Davis. And I was a bit unsure of who to pick for the third centre back because I was a bit of a mix between either Chris Gunter or Meffin. But I decided to go for Meffin in the end. Obviously, yeah, I mean, Chris Gunter, obviously, he is another one. He's got 109 caps for Wales. Um, I believe he's about 35, 34 years of age. Yeah. He's, he's probably his last tournament. Um, he might not play too much, um, especially if obviously Wales get knocked out yeah. after the group stage. But he, he could possibly be included in this rotational squad for the England game. He but could. obviously, you're right to go for Meppen because he's been playing every game. He's been playing well. Exactly. I think you like you want to be confident on the players that have already started games. Yeah, yeah. Just because, well... Well, it's still a massive game for, for Wales. They haven't. They really can't afford to rotate too much. But obviously, looking at now your full-backs, are you sticking with Roberts? Um, I'm a, that's, the, that's the only worry. I could, like, if, if, if so, you know, you could have Gunter instead of Roberts because yeah. I know Gunter can play wing-back or full-back as well as maybe centre-back sometimes. I definitely... So is Roberts on the right or the left? Um, I'd Who's have, your other player? I'd have Roberts on the right and Nico Williams on the left. Oh, he's got to start, yeah. He's, he's definitely he, he was another one uh, with Joe Rodon against Iran, who even though they lost... I felt that he his performance was impeccable. It was brilliant. He did, yeah. He was a constant threat and running runner down that wing. Yeah. Uh, but obviously now midfield. So my two uh, central midfielders, I've got Ethan Ampadu, um, who's sort of you know. I mean, he could have even played a central defence. He, he could have played very versatile. Well, yeah, I could have gone for that, but I thought I'd change my mind last second. Um, and then I've gone for. I know he's not been playing great, but I thought. Uh, you know, because it's a big game, you'll definitely be up for. I'll put Aaron Ramsey in Ooh, there as well. I don't know if I agree with that one. I, I was... I've just felt he's been given two chances now, Iran and America, and in too many kind of times that I've seen him, he was losing the ball. He'd make a sloppy pass. I know that he's a big name. I know that he he is the player that you want in your team for a game such as England. Yeah. I mean, looking really like you say, you're probably right because who really is on that bench for Wales? Who really is someone who can replace him? I mean, exactly. There's not. There's not really anyone else I can. I can see that can. Yeah. There's Joe Allen. I think him. Joe Allen, Joe Morrell. I think it's they're Joe, the only two. Yeah. I think Joe Williams, but I think he's not really had um, a lot of uh, game time really. But I think you could. I mean, at, well, this I'll say my wingers as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go on. I've go got on. Bale at uh, right wing, and I've got Harry Wilson at left wing. And I could, if I wanted to, I could have uh, put Wilson centre mid, take yeah, because, off again, and put someone on the left wing. Wilson did play, I think, against Iran in a more central midfield role. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you've not chosen um, Danny, uh, Daniel James or Brennan Johnson, either yeah. of them with a little bit more pace on the wing. I, I, I thought Brennan Johnson, I was really tempted to think of maybe he should be in the starting lineup. I think he will start against England. I just, I, think I know obviously will. you're doing yours, but I yeah. think I've got a hunch that Robert Page wants a little bit more speed and direction in that team and that he might go with Johnson. Obviously, I'm, so. I'm assuming 100% that you've got Keith Moore up front. Yeah, yeah. It's not really a surprise to be honest. You have yeah. to, though. I think you have to. You have he, to. He's definitely been, I think he's been a, a very impactful player for Wales. Um, you know, I. Dan James, you maybe could, but I not not from maybe the wings. But I think Dan James is. I feel like, you know, when he came on um, for Fulham uh, against Manchester United, you know, he managed to uh, get the goal. But I think 
Kiefer Moore makes that difference. Oh, strike. definitely. Even definitely. If, he, if he even if he's not a finisher, you know he holds the ball really well. And if you see, you know, players maybe like you know like Brennan Johnson if they come on a pitch or Dan James or Bale making the runs in behind, yeah, then they've got you know an easy chance to score really. So I think that's what I'm going with. So that's your team, yeah. That's my yeah. team, yeah. Definitely right. Very good. So now we're going to move on to mine. Obviously England. Yeah. I've got a hunch that Gareth Southgate is going to make some changes, that he is possibly going to rotate a little bit. Yeah. Obviously, England aren't qualified yet. They're not fully safe, but it's highly likely that they're going to advance to the next stage. Obviously, they're on four points. Wales have to beat them 4-0 for Wales to end up uh, going through. Um, It'll be interesting, actually, just as a side note, to see who do you think between Iran and America I obviously am in the corner of Iran because I've loved watching them during this tournament. You know what I'm like. I love Iran. Um, I think they might get a, a win and continue to shock people at this tournament. But what do you think? I'm I'm more... I, I feel I'm a bit like on two sides, really. I, I felt America were impressive against England, so you yeah, can't write them off either. You can't write them off either. I feel as if I f- I'm, I'm going to predict that it'll probably end up being a draw I, that's the Ooh, way I'm thinking yeah. of it yeah, yeah. I think like Iran were impressive against Wales and they just managed to get two goals in the last minute and obviously you know even though America didn't you know they were the better team against England yeah, yeah. and obviously they didn't score so you sort of put them together really and I'm just thinking that they'll, they'll be I don't think it'll be a nil-nil draw I think it No, I'd expect goals. I I'll think expect goals, yeah. It'd be nice to see America score, um, especially maybe have a good game for Christian Pulisic because yeah. obviously they got the goal, which was uh, Timothy Weyer in the first game, but then obviously they didn't score against England. And I just feel they have got the attacking potential. They just need to start finding a little bit more rhythm on the pitch. I think that if they start maybe to get a little bit more fluency together with those younger players, um, I mean, they've got a great squad, America. Um, yeah, they do, they do. But I just think now in this tournament, the belief and the confidence that would be in Iran for beating Wales, they're on a high. I think they've got the, a great team spirit. They've obviously got the kind of political turmoil that's circling the, the team um, as well. Yeah, uh, That will fuel them. I just feel that Iran have got what it takes to cross the line maybe against America. I think the, 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 the America seem to have that... Um, they look more kind of uh, like well I mean, finished we article the, they've got a bit more quality yeah, haven't they they do they have the especially when uh, you sort of look up top as well like you know you look at players like Christian Pulisic oh yeah yeah they um they look like they have that bit more quality but you can't you know that at the same time like you said you know you I mean Iran have got a great forward line exactly you, you know, know Ash Moon and Taremi yeah I mean I, I hate to say it but Taremi is a is a key player for um Iran, he, he creates the great chances for him as well. I mean, like didn't I mean he's unlucky not to score in the uh, in the Wales game, but yeah, I think um, I think that it'll be it'll definitely be an interesting game. There's no question about so it. You're going just before I do my England lineup. You're going to go for a win for America, are you? Or a draw? I'm going to go for a draw. Yeah, go for a draw. I was tempted right. to say uh, USA win, but I think I've, I'm trying to make some last minute uh, decisions. But right. I think a draw will. Yeah. Be so my lineup for England, I've gone with. I've gone with quite an experiment, kind of experimentational squad. Yeah. I've gone with Pickford in net still, though. Yeah. I know that a lot of people will probably expect him to rotate, maybe go with Ramsdale or yeah. Pope. Um, but I've gone with Pickford because generally Gareth Southgate doesn't it tend. Makes sense. He doesn't yeah. tend to change much with his goalkeeper. I've then gone with my fullbacks with Trippier at left back. Now the reason for this is that I think he'll rest Shaw, and then we haven't really got 
anyone else other than Trippier to deputise in that role. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So then at right back, I've gone with Trent Alexander-Arnold. Now, my reasoning for this is that I think after the stalemate with America, he'll want someone a little bit more attacking. He'll want someone, you know, a little bit more creative. I think Alexander-Arnold does provide this. But then again, it depends on the fitness of Walker. That's been quite quiet at the minute. I don't know where Walker is with coming back into the side. Um, then my two centre-backs is Harry Maguire and Connor Cody. Now, I know... Connor Cody, yeah. Connor Cody's a surprise to many people, probably. You've obviously got Eric Dyer or John Stones, but I've just felt that if I look at those two there, Maguire and Cody, they're vo- both very vocal, both yeah. great leaders. I think that's a great combination at the back. What do you think? I think I think that I think that does that does look all right, really. I think the only... I mean, the only other centre... Well, apart from, obviously, John Stone as well, but the only other centre-back, really, which you can as well as Ben White but oh yeah, yeah I forgot about him he can also play right back he can yeah but I think I think it, it's probably better having Cody Maguire than like Ben White or Maguire I think um, it, it, like you said two leaders and obviously they're going to yeah. be very vocal in the game and I think that that's probably that probably will make a difference in the defence as well I reckon yeah and then in midfield now this one is a surprise probably I've gone with Declan Rice still but I've paired him with the pair that used to be at the Euros, which was Calvin Phillips. Now, a lot of people will be saying he's not got the fitness, he's barely played for Manchester City, he shouldn't actually be in the squad. But I felt that Jude Bellingham will need a rest. I think he's been superb. And I just felt that Phillips maybe gives that little bit more defensive assurance in midfield, that that solid foundation. Yeah, I think... That it's understandable to be honest. They they did. I mean, to be honest, you know, they did well um, in the Euros with each other. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's that's they're what, a familiar pair. That's what I've gone with. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think especially whether it's controlling the fe- uh, uh, the central midfield or you know controlling the defense as well, uh, especially like outside the box. I think they do a really good job uh, together. So yeah, it does make sense. I yeah. mean, I that that's the thing. Like, is there anyone that you game, would put in instead? I mean, I just thought there's no Ward Prowse in the side. Yeah. Conor Gallagher, he might actually use Conor Gallagher in this game, but I felt that Calvin Phillips was more deserved at this I think, moment. I think Calvin Phillips would probably be a better decision. I think you know Jordan Henderson. I would. I wouldn't. Oh, I really, forgot about him. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I can't. I can't really see him start. I, you know, maybe maybe coming as a sub for either Phillips or um, Declan Rice. Probably for Phillips. Yeah. Conor Gallagher. Uh, I probably, just think that at the moment he doesn't really have a place in this team in terms of I feel he's just made up the numbers and yeah. I know that's unfortunate because he is such a creative player and he's well gifted with his talents but I feel that he's just a little bit behind the pecking order in terms of how many games he's played in the past he is yeah I think um, the thing is with Gallagher he'll play he'll definitely want to probably play I'd say more of a like an attacking it would be nice to see him role, but it would be nice to see him on the squad I think if it, obviously if it comes on as a substitute yeah but um it's just where he fits in, in the squad, that's all. It's just quite a struggle for him, I'd say. So then up front, I've gone with Saka, right wing. Uh, Marcus Rashford, interestingly, on left wing. Yeah. Uh, Foden, I've given a chance. I've put him at cam. And then Harry Kane is still my striker. The reasons behind, obviously, playing Phil Foden is that I feel that he's such a good player to have not even played a game yet at this World Cup for England. Mason Mount needs replacing. We need a break. Um, so I've gone with Foden. I'm hoping that he can get involved in the game, that he can find these channels, that he can feed the likes of Saka and Rashford, who I've gone with as pace down that wing. Yeah. I felt that Sterling needs a break as well. He's not started the tournament brilliantly. 
And obviously, I'm definitely not going to take Kane out of the equation. Yeah. Because um, Gareth Southgate very rarely does that. He always plays Kane. Um, I think Wilson still got a knock. So there's not really anyone that could really play in Kane's position right now. Yeah. So I've gone with quite a strong attacking lineup. Um, the only thing I would probably say is that I've left Jack Grealish out. Um, but as much as I love Jack Grealish personally, um, I know that Josh, obviously, he's not a big yeah, fan, is he? Yeah, no, he isn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I just felt that Marcus Rashford's been in great form starting this tournament and I didn't want to drop Saka. Yeah, no, I think that does make sense. I I agree with not having Sterling start and Mount start. I don't think they've... I wouldn't say... Well, especially in the uh, previous game against USA, I just don't think they've performed very well. Is there anyone off the top of your head maybe in that more attacking uh, attacking positions that you would replace with my lineup? I, I'm not sure. I I mean, Mad- is Madison still got a knock? That's the thing with Madison. I was interested to play him, but then I thought I've, he's not been in the lineup, has he, or the no, squad for the past two games? No. So it was a hard one, but obviously he's not made it based on that kind of worry. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I'd say if Madison wasn't, if he didn't have a knock or he wasn't, you know, slightly injured, I'd probably... Maybe I'd I'd start him. Maybe not. I don't know because obviously you've seen. Obviously, Foden's performed well, and I do agree with putting him in the uh, in the cam position. Um, Rashford, I, I do agree. I do agree with Saka and uh, obviously Rashford being on the wings yeah. makes more sense. Um, the the only thing I have really against Rashford is that he doesn't when he creates opportunities. Sometimes he sort of. There's always an option where he can maybe just play it to uh, like a teammate, but he always seems to go for goals sometimes. Yes, yeah, the yeah. only concern I, I mean, have I, with him. I don't mind that because I, I understand what you're saying is in terms of sometimes you've got to make the right decision. Yeah. And if you're doing it all the time, you end up losing the ball and you end up obviously losing possession. Yeah. But I love players that just take risks. I think that's why I like Jack Grealish so much and he's done it for England in the past. And that's why ultimately I've, I've not played him, but I've gone with some of those more... Just those more kind of free players like Rashford, Foden in the side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my lineup. Obviously, you've said yours. Yeah. Looking kind of forward, obviously, we wish England well in the in the, the game Absolute, against Wales yeah. tonight. Uh, if there are any Welsh listeners, obviously, good luck to you as well. Yeah. It's uh, going to be a hard challenge for you to get that 4-0 victory. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we'll both be wishing Keith Moore and oh, Teremi yeah. well. Um, looking forward to next week's podcast. We're probably going to do a group of, um, sorry, a team of the group stage. Uh, we'll also be looking back at how the group stage has gone and looking forward to the knockouts. Um, so obviously, thank you very much for listening. Um, and obviously, we look forward to listening to uh, hearing you uh, next week. Sorry. Thank you very much. See you later.